Hey, thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. We are nine days away from Christmas. Uh, but fuck Christmas. Christmas is cancelled this year, and in its place, Cyberpunk 2077. There is no Christmas, there is only Cyberpunk. <laughs> Your host this week, myself, Lee and Reed. Cyberpunk. We've jacked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> long enough to talk about it uh, we're going to talk a bit about the news first before we get down to cyberpunk and of course cyberpunk is part of the news it is inevitable the uh inevitable the, you might say yeah the trouble and and the hole being dug by cd project red around this uh cyberpunk launch um but the the spoiler will be that me and reed are generally having a really good time I with the game i fucking love this in, game dude yeah in <laughs> In spite of all of these things. Uh, so we're going to run through the news here quick and we'll end on the Cyberpunk stuff. And then we'll transition into our first uh, most of a full week with Cyberpunk 2077. And of course, Reed is probably 20 hours ahead of me at this point. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm around the 30 hour mark right now. You jacked in and you didn't jack out. Nope. Uh, I'm probably past 30 hours now that I think about it, actually. That's wild. Yeah. And wild because and of COVID right now, uh, usually at the office, I'm like the guy that gets games done like quicker than other people. I guess like other people have other hobbies, but I just really like playing video games. <laughs> responsibilities. Yeah. No, I have responsibilities and shit. It's just like, I don't know, maybe they're fucking playing basketball or something. I don't want to play no basketball. I want to play some. Yeah. <laughs> what do people do that aren't video games? They yeah, play basketball. So, but because of the COVID-19, the yeah. because of COVID-19, so many people, so many people at the office, like all they have to do is just play games. So like a lot of people are keeping up with me, which is refreshing at the same time. Cause we're allowed to compare quests. So that's yeah. pretty neat. Uh, playing playing a game by committee and comparing like what you what you did blah 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 uh, is a really it, with this kind of game is great uh, because you will always wonder about the the path less taken yeah and also we're giving each other tips and and what to look out for and like hey how broken is your game kind of stuff so uh, <laughs> how many times has your game crashed <laughs> yeah it's it's a bit the game's uh game's a bit broken. Uh, they've taken a few patches. They did a patch right before the weekend on Friday for PlayStation. I think that patch hit late that night on Xbox. Microsoft has a longer approval process for patches and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, like I said, let's shelve Cyberpunk for a fucking five minutes here while we talk about something else. Because the rest <laughs> of the podcast is going to be goddamn Cyberpunk. So, the Game Awards did take place. Uh, full accolades to Jeff Keighley that this show worked. It was streamed live for the most part with pre-recorded segments, but a lot of the acceptance speeches uh, throwing to people on their own streams while they were... its It was a technical marvel that this thing worked, that it, it went off with it. Like, this couldn't have gone better considering the circumstances, and my hat off to Jeff Keighley for that. Uh, Reed, you watched exactly zero seconds of yes, the Game Awards. Yes, I never correct? do. So the Game Awards start uh, a couple days before they teased, hey, new Smash fighter uh, will be revealed at the beginning of the Game Awards. And I'm so out of the loop on fucking Smash Brothers uh, that I thought, well, that's weird because they haven't released Steve yet. They have released Steve two months ago, in fact. In October, Steve from Minecraft hit that game. Um, and and the world was waiting with bated breath on what was coming next. And sure enough, they open and... Let's just like, what is reality? What is dreams anymore? And I'm I'm not making a double entendre with uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, but Sephiroth, <laughs> the antagonist of Final Fantasy VII, has been revealed as the next playable fighter in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Sephiroth. 
It, like, there's a 12-year-old Lee out there that, like, creamed his jeans that Sephiroth was announced. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, he's fucking... a fa- I think he's a fantastic addition. Like, um... Sure! Like, he's a That's sword the... guy. Sword guys are always awesome in Smash. He has a really long sword, Lee. Oh, yeah. Massive cock. Massive cock. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, uh... Like, again, in the dream booking of Smash Brothers, they've they fulfilled all of my dreams. Like, we have we have Belmonts in this game, we have Mega Man in this game, we've like anything I could have thought of adding to this game has over the years been like there's it, any new character now is just like you're, just heap it on. It's it's washing yep. over me, it's meaningless. Get, like Sephiroth <laughs> being announced should be get, huge. Get Johnny Silverhand in there next. Yeah, why, why the fuck not? The uh, the Dragonborn from Skyrim, I always thought was was a fucking shoe in. That's that. No, that's I gotta always be in thought there, right? uh, Witcher three came to Switch. Witcher uh, Geralt is a shoe in. Uh, Dante Delmay Cry three on the Switch. Dante's a shoe in. Like those are just characters that lend themselves to Smash. Like it just makes sense. It just yeah, it just makes sense. It just, just like works. The TikTok meme. Uh, new Smash editions that just make sense. <laughs> we. Uh, yeah, so they do this trailer, and you got uh, Sephiroth squaring off with the Nintendo characters. You have literally the visual of Mario impaled on the end of <laughs> Sephiroth's sword. And people are like, he didn't really impale him. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> they showed this to Nintendo, and Nintendo was like, that's that that's fine. You think Disney would ever let like Mickey be impaled? Fuck no. But like, kudos <laughs> to Nintendo for doing it. Like They knew what the fans wanted. They wanted cheesy advent children Sephiroth, like, given despair. It's sort of the kissing uh, cloud, kissing boys. It's it's the thing they're doing with this. Like everyone's beating on Mario. Like I'm pretty sure when Steve was revealed, he uh, he also like fucking blew Mario up or some sh- like like fuck you, old man. <laughs> Boom. Uh, so yeah, Sephiroth will be will be in the game. Uh, the, he's out Friday. Like he's out this week, uh, yeah, which is pretty cool. Build build the hype. Nintendo releasing some hot DLC, and uh, let's be honest: if you're not a huge Minecraft fan, like Steve looked like a really cool character. But the first character of the Fighter Pass was uh, what's her name? Uh, the character I can't remember the name of from Arms Baybell. was the first character. So this will be this will be the big one to get people to buy this Fighter Pass. Absolutely, and the best part about it, Reed, we get a 35 minute long video of Sakurai tomorrow explaining how Sephiroth plays in this game while making bad Final Fantasy puns. And that's almost worth it alone. <laughs> uh, but other than that, the Game Awards, I have the rundown of the winners here. Uh, oh, yeah, I bet for, you're thrilled for, about this, Lee. Yeah, for what it's worth, uh, let's let's have a big round of applause for Best Game Direction and Best Narrative going to The Last of Us Part Two, a game criticized for crunch and one of the most stitched-together awful narratives of a triple-A game that I can recall in The Last of Us 2 as well, uh, which just, like, give it game of the year, whatever. Fuck it. it. Like, compared to what else came out this year, yeah, why not? There, there wasn't, though, it wasn't a great year, and at the same time, Lee, I understand, if I might play devil's advocate here a little bit, you and, me, you and me do not like Last of Us Part 2. That does not mean it was not a well-made game. It's absolutely a very well-made game. I, I didn't say anything of the sort. Yeah, I said um, the narrative yeah, was a hacked together mess. But the narrative mess. in that regard is a bit subjective to the player playing it. Um, like, there's yes, the most widely criticized that, part of the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, for some people, just like for Cyberpunk, there's a vocal minority that are very loud on the internet about how this is not a GTA clone. If you actually look at the numbers online on Steam, like you can see that clearly ninety percent of people aren't even uh, like 
going online and talking about the game whatsoever. They're just playing the game, not doing anything. I think we right. had a similar situation with Last of Us Part Two, where there was a lot of guys like us that didn't like it. But I think for the most part, the vast majority of players just played the game and accepted it for what it was. And I think that played a large part into it winning all these awards. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. best like, audio design, The Last of Us can win. Best audio design, absolutely. Right. I'm like, saying that we don't need to agree with it, but I understand the decision behind it. Uh, like, Laura Bailey won for her performance as Abby in The Last of Us 2. Right, but she didn't choose the writing for Abby. Her performance as Abby, in my opinion, was good. It's just like, an sure. actor can't dictate their dialogue, nor the story. Better than... Better than, like, Miles Morales or Jin Sakai or... Yeah, I, Jin was pretty all right. Um, I would even have gone further and just gave it to Ashley Johnson for Ellie again. I thought Ellie was very well portrayed again. So, uh, yeah. like Devil's advocate indeed. Yeah, so, like, we can't... Like, we can... we can On the opposite situation with Cyberpunk, there's, like, a lot of people that shit on the game for having bugs and... Uh, and being unfinished, which they rightfully should do because it is, oh, but we yeah. still but, but we still love it despite it. So on the flip side of that, we can shit on Last of Us Part Two and say it has a shit narrative, but there's gonna be a lot of people that love that game anyway. And that's just that's just the way things work. But there's a really big difference between I don't know, something like if anything was to be criticized about that game because that game didn't hit. It didn't do the gangbusters it was supposed to, right? And the thing that was most pointed to for that is the narrative. Right, but like, it, it didn't. It didn't make so the what, impact of Last of Us Part One. But what? what it, I don't know if it ever could have. Like winning innovation and accessibility, The Last of Us Two absolutely deserves that. Best action adventure, ap- sure, yes. Uh, like I'll, I'll succeed in in those cases. But man, and then winning Game of the Year overall. Like I said, whatever. Um, the the thing, the thing that was unfortunate about the Game Awards and is year after year is that most of the time. The uh, the awards themselves are the worst part of the show. Um, there's skits. There's a Muppet showed up, uh, you know, and then the rest of it's trailers. It's people selling their their fucking like PC right and uh, accessories. It's people revealing new games that ironically will never be mentioned in the awards categories of the Game Awards. But right. that's where these and games all- get announced. <laughs> And this is what you and a lot of people have echoed these sentiments, and it paints a picture in my mind that we really haven't changed since the 2006 Snoop Dogg presenting RPG of the Year Award days. It all the sounds content, the same to me. The content of the show and the respect to the games awards and, and video games on the whole is night and day than it was before, and I will staunchly put down anyone that compares the show to the Spike TV ones. You need to go sit through a Spike TV game awards again and then come back and tell right. me that this was but, the same. Like, yeah. But if I I've was, sat through all I these was, game awards, man. If I was to watch game awards, I'd want them to be all about games done in two hours. Done. I don't want to see trailers for upcoming games. There's other events for that shit. I want to fucking see skits. Let's take this serious. If you guys want to be taking this serious in the goddamn... Oh, it's not like comedy skits and stuff. There's just like, you know, someone will present something. They, they get, you know, Nolan North and Troy Baker are presenters. They get the Swedish chef to do like a, a fucking one minute hit as a joke. And then he reveals that, oh, there's a DLC costume in, in Overcooked. Go download it kind of thing. Um, you know, the Arc 2 trailer. It's like, hey, look at this PS2-ass Vin Diesel we put in this Arc 2 game. Uh... Like, it's three hours long, plus a 30-minute uh, pre-show where, they where like, uh, uh, Apollo Crews does a, a match. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Like, I, I never regret watching it. Uh, there's some really wholesome moments in this throughout. Like, best ongoing game. They have five guys, like, talking heads on the screen. And Jeff Keighley's announcing this or whatever. And it's between No Man's Sky, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, and Fortnite. And of those five games, No Man's Sky reasonably is last place. But this fucking game wins. And the dude's in the middle of, like, taking a sip. Uh, was it Sean Murray? Sean Murray's in the middle of like taking a sip of his beverage and he wins this award and he's like completely unprepared, com comes off completely genuine as that guy always has, but has just been put on the spot and, and raised to this like ce gaming celebrity status and like stuff like that. Like No Man's Sky beat Fortnite. Fucking okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. And the, the story of that game and all that kind of stuff. Among Us, taking a ton of, of awards, best mobile game and stuff like that. People who like Genshin Impact were pissed that Among Us was winning all those awards. Among Us is a game made by three people, four people. That's excellent. Stuff like that is fine at the Game Awards. It's just like, hey, th this is what happened this year. The, and like a lot of it is trending and they try to appeal to everyone. So read, me and you do not care about... Uh, specific Twitch streamers. I'm talking about people who specifically uh, only stream certain games. Yeah. Um, we, that's not our world. Esports, for the most part. Like, I'll follow speedrunners and I'll follow, like, that kind of scene. But in terms of esports, we don't give a shit about esports. But because this is trying to be all things to all gamers, that stuff is... it. Like, content creator of the year is an award. Uh, that's and stuff fucking, like that. I... Like, how the fuck do you base criteria on that? Like, But when you look at the video game industry, content creators, streamers, people who are creating content around gaming is incredibly important and is how most is. people it engage is. with just, video games like, during the I day. Just, right? I, I don't understand how you can give out an award to someone who does meme trolling content for Dark Souls as opposed to some guy who does detailed walkthroughs for Breath of the Wild. You know what I mean? Like, You're 100% correct. I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. Yeah, like, <laughs> that seems like a dumb fucking, dumb award. It's It'd be like, it'd be like the Oscars being like, okay, best, like, tabloid of the year. Like, it's so fucking <laughs> stupid. That's fucking stupid. I don't like that best, at all. Best review of the year. Uh, Player's yeah. Choice did go to Ghost of Tsushima, which, listen, a lot of people are rediscovering that game and even playing it on PS5 now where it looks even prettier. And nothing wrong with that game. Most anticipated game did go to Elden Ring, uh, of course. Fuck yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the God of War sequel, Halo Infinite, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, Resident Evil, and Breath of the Wild sequel were the runners up there. No, but Elden um, Ring, like, to all the people... That are like I fucking I want an easy mode in these in these games and shit. Like clearly your opinion's fucking wrong, because these games sell like goddamn hotcakes. <laughs> and then Elden Ring's the most anticipated game. Like <laughs> fuck accessibility. Fuck it. No, it's not about accessibility. It's about fucking not handholding. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad that that they stuck with their guns all the all these years, and it's paying off, and it's always paid off. Good for them. What if there was? And I'm being a hundred percent. Uh, sincere here because okay. I am of the camp that there are so many cool things in the Souls games that gamers will not see unless they're watching someone else play it just based on the skill cap but what if there is a mode in Elden Ring that's like baby Souls and it was just like anyone it's like a cheater server in COD anyone who wants to adjust the difficulty or fuck with your stats uh, you can go in this barn and you're just if with those game, people you, you do not get to play with the general pop if the game is made around that, like, sure. 
but dark trophies are locked out. Like your your stats aren't counted. Like, like Lee, you're good enough to play these games. Anybody is. It's about just not like just don't be fucking goddamn it patience. Like it's okay, like, so the, so it's the gatekeeping then. It's it's just like not get. It's 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 in a way get good, but it's also in a way understand these games and these systems and anyone as long as they are able-bodied, can play these games. Right, I'm not saying get good. I'm saying, like, it's it's like any other video game. You need to learn to play it. It's just, like, the enemies happen to do more damage than usual. Right. Like, that's it. Like, I, I don't understand what the big problem is. There's... The, the thing that's always been fair about the Souls games is you never feel like you cannot overcome, and it's just difficult. And that's that's the perfect kind of gaming difficulty for me. And that like Hades is the perfect balance of no 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 I died, but it's no one's fault but my own, and I immediately want to retry because I know I wasn't giving it my all. Right. I wasn't these, in the zone. Yeah, these kind of games are only as hard as you make them to be. If 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 your idea of Dark Souls is every time I die, I need to kill all the enemies again on my way to the thing I was trying to get to. Yeah, that game's gonna be pretty fucking hard. If you're just like, okay, I got my items, I just need to get to the boss, I'm just going to run there. Guess what? A game's pretty fucking easy at that point. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get into it, but whatever. I said my piece. <laughs> uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I still need to go back to that, actually. I've recently seen some more gameplay, and I forgot how uh, refreshing that game is in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Especially a lot of people online have started to take off the music of that game and replace it with music from one of my favorite anime, Samurai Shampoo. Which uses a lot of like uh, lo-fi, hip-hop, old-school Japanese beats, and it really works. The game makes it something special. That's right. Yeah, you have no honor. You turn off the music mm-hmm. and play your own. Uh, so, th- th- lots of new games announced. Uh, I don't have the whole list here in front of me. They showed off some like Dragon's Dogma-looking. Like I was, I was sitting there scratching my brain because, like, when I when I see a trailer on this show, and I see who's making it. I can usually guess in the first five or ten seconds, almost like a game, what the game is. It's just like, this person, uh, we got a woods, we got a cabin, it's an Evil Dead game by these guys. And then, sure enough, a minute later, Evil Dead, the game. Yeah. Uh, Left 4 Dead guys are, are back with Back for Blood, that's a spiritual successor. The Dead Space crew is making a spiritual successor to that game. Uh, so a lot of that going on, where it's just like... And then Bioware, who... Announced a new Dragon Age game years ago, the balls on and then was company. like, <laughs> we, "We got something to show for Dragon Age," and it was like people standing in the woods talking about Dragon Age. It's like this, dude, don't show anything then, uh, and then or showing concept art. This year they showed like a quick pre-rendered trailer for Dragon Age. And at the end of the show, they do a tease for a new Mass Effect game. Motherfuckers, you haven't fixed Anthem yet. Yeah, you guys should be focusing on one fucking thing at a time here. Jesus yes. Christ. One, one and a half things at a time. I will accept we are making Dragon Age while fixing Anthem. I will not accept we are now working on a Mass Effect game while making a Dragon Age game that no one has seen yet in six years or whatever. And also still fixing yeah, Anthem, so which we haven't talked about like, since what February. What the fuck is Bioware doing? Are they splitting their teams and groups of fucking 40 each and then like tell them to go work on a separate game? Stupid. It's, they're an EA studio now who knows who knows what that means like does the quality take a backseat to the name that like is is bioware even around in two years or or does ea eventually be like you know this is like hemorrhaging money we made our money back on re-releasing mass effect uh, trilogy again so 
Uh, we're gonna see that, like, EA doesn't give a shit. They cancelled Star Wars games that were years in development, man. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so that's weird. And Bioware, shame on you. As, or, or shame on Jeff Keith. I don't know who to shame, but don't get people's hopes up for a Mass Effect game that's ten years off or may never exist. People are endlessly speculating now on something that won't exist for another half decade. is fucking insane. Um, anyways... Let's not. Let's stop talking about the game awards. It was fine. I don't recommend you go back and watch it by any means. But if you put it on in the background while you were fucking gaming, playing Cyberpunk, because it was also out that night, uh, Halo Infinite has been delayed one full year uh, to next fall at the earliest, which is a really long delay considering that game was supposed to be out a month ago. Yeah. Well, like fuck. I guess they looked at Cyberpunk and they're like, ah, oh, can't do that no more. Ooh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Turns out people so speaking don't of cyberpunk, like <laughs> let's let's uh, talk about the elephant in the room. CD Projekt Red, Monday morning or whatever time that is in Poland, uh, was like, hey, uh, sorry, we misled people on the, uh, the PS4 and the Xbox One versions by never showing it or talking at all about the fucking awful problems they have. And we're talking about the core consoles specifically. Like the PS4 OG, Pro. the OGs. Yeah, like if you have an old Xbox One or an old PS4, these are who are who are experiencing the most issues, and it's it's bad. It's yep. unplayably bad. Like textures never load. Things are are crashing, glitching left and right. They are a hot mess. You if you have the core PS4 or Xbox One, I'm gonna say it right now. Do not buy Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Straight up. But if you um, have a PS4 Pro and Xbox One S. It depends on your... Not an Xbox One S, an Xbox One X. Xbox One X, sorry. Yeah, which is what I'm playing on. Yeah, or um, PS5 or an Xbox Series X. You should buy this game. Yes, PC, <laughs> by and large, is where this game is most stable. However, game, uh, game breaking glitches or quest and mission glitches still persist in all versions, and they seem to be completely random. So the controversy here is apparently that... When this game was going to go gold, and let me tell you how games are printed, Reed. This might be a, a, an interesting how it's made for you. Uh, when there are issues with the game, if there are game-breaking bugs, etc., if the people making the game can tell uh, during certification that these will be patched out, we're only going to do so many discs with this version, we're going to do this update for launch, and then the majority of the discs will be printed with these bugs not in existence, there is a certain percentage of your printed games where that is allowed. Uh, so you can present a completely broken game. Uh, it, when I say broken, I mean the game is broken. Obviously, they go through certification to make sure this game won't literally melt your PS4 and break it or brick it. Those things uh, cannot be excused. Obviously, your game would be delayed. But in, cor in, in case of things like Cyberpunk where, hey, the AI routines aren't done. If you follow a car in that game, read it drives in a straight line on the road until it encounters something and then it stays put. And other cars will pull up behind it, and they'll stay put too. If a car encounters a wall, it will either drive into the wall repeatedly, or stay put facing the wall. The car doesn't know where it's supposed to go, the car doesn't know it's supposed to continue on. AI for NPCs are the exact same. These were things that were considered okay, uh, we'll, we'll have these patched, you know, in the next couple months. And fair enough, they don't really affect gameplay, let's say. Things that do affect, affect gameplay, obviously, are, are quest breaking. You can't advance a quest, you can't talk to somebody, you can't pick something up, um... I haven't experienced like, any of those personally. Yeah, uh, things like driving in third person and your character's ass is hanging out the roof of the car with your dick out. Uh, <laughs> these are these are fun glitches. These are things that are annoying to have in a game that you are meant to be immersed in. 
But let's be honest, uh, th this is something that can and will be fixed, and it's really up to your personal level of how much jank can you handle to get over stuff like this. Stuff like uh, things clipping in the environment, some people just can't take it. People, Someone's holding a cigarette and it's floating above their hand. Like, oh, this game's broken. No, that's, that's not the main problem with this game. There's a much uh, bigger problem. Yes, so people were putting the heat on Sony and Microsoft, uh, saying that, hey, you allowed this game in this form on your console, and now we're dealing with Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red basically saying, hey, go to the retailer where you purchased it, and they'll refund you, and if not, you can contact this email address. Well, CD Projekt Red didn't go out of their way to contact anyone uh, ahead of time. No big retailers, no vendors, Warner Brothers like, were throwing up their hands. They basically put out this statement on their own, uh, and it, it's a call and response, right? Like, I think that the news breaking on Friday that they'd already made their money back on this game in pre-orders alone is a bad look when your game is a hot fire. Uh, and and doing a statement like this seems like, yeah, well, they got the money to cover it. They'll, they'll handle it. Only now, because everyone is funneling to that email address, no one's getting a response and everyone's getting upset. And now you've basically opened the door to the entitled to refund the game. And listen, I get it. The game is broken. Some people cannot progress in the game. Some people can't play the game at all. Yes, you should be entitled to a refund there, but CD Projekt Red went ahead and announced this without even letting like PSN and Xbox Live know. So it's kind of at their mercy whether or not they're going to refund you. And of course, they have their own list of requirements for you to be able to download a game. On PSN, if you download a game that you've pre-ordered off the store, that's it. You cannot get it. You've downloaded it. Uh, on other services, obviously, it's based on the number of hours you've played. Even then, uh, Steam or someone like that with their deep pockets would just refund it anyways. Uh, you saw this with, like, Fallout 76 and what Bethesda did there. Uh, and if your game is being compared to Fallout 76, that's a fucking problem. Big time. Um, so, a messy launch. And it's going to be a messy three months uh, going forward with this game. And I'm being very clear when I say this. If you want to experience Cyberpunk as early as possible... There is something here that is very, very enjoyable. And me and Reed are about to fucking gush about that for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, we got all the bad stuff out of the way as far as, like, the really bad stuff. There's obviously funny glitches and things that have happened probably yes. in both of our games. But personally, besides some crashing on my PS5, I haven't experienced anything game-breaking. I haven't experienced any quests that I wasn't able to complete. Nor was I really experiencing any... What do you call it? Ludonarrative dissonance? Um, yeah, which I have. <laughs> yeah, so, like, my experience on the PS5 has been mostly uh, enjoyable aside from the crashing. crashing. I shouldn't say enjoyable, the, sorry. The smooth, because I do love this fucking game. I fucking love this game. <laughs> right. So, on the on the Xbox One X, I have very little issues. Uh, some some uh, texture pop-in, which I found after that update, they pushed a lot less of it. Uh, and yes, the game does not look as good as it could on a high-end PC or an Xbox Series X. Yes, I understand this. It looks, and here, and here's the thing that's uh, that is going to be different for everyone. It looks good enough to me. To me, this game looks good enough on Xbox One X. Right, and some I can deal with jank, like, and I can deal with yeah. Right, some people are expecting like Demon Souls graphics. Demon Souls being like one of, if not the best looking game out there right now. Uh, people wanted, if not that, like Last of Us 2 graphics. And you simply can't have that with a game this fucking big, full of shit. It, and, well, I'm yeah. playing on PS5 and the game looks like pretty fucking good. I would say not as good, like I said, as Last of Us 2 on PS4 Pro, but more than enough than what I need for its purposes. 
the the forest for the trees, like the way the game looks. If a game's gonna look good, if that's the thing it's gonna do, have you seen New so- Vegas? That game looks like yeah. fucking garbage. Yeah, but I can play New <laughs> Vegas, no fucking problem. Here's here's the thing. I, for the longest time, if anybody asked me, and people ask me this in the store all the time, even when I work there, uh, just like, what is your dream game? What is it? Like, what, what if, if a, a, a game developer in a black hood came up to you in an alleyway, and they were like, what do you want? Uh, my answer for the longest time was Skyrim, but Blade Runner. Uh, for like 10 years now, was was like <laughs> someone someone doing open world Blade They were doing Prey 2, and it was that, and then they canceled that and do, did a completely different take on Prey, and I was sad. Watch Dogs Legion comes out, and I'm like, "Hey, this is this is almost." And then Cyberpunk hits, and I'm like, "No, this is uh, this is what I asked for." And yes, it's it's coming in hot. Yes, this game will crash on you. Not, hey, maybe it'll crash. No, this game will crash yes. on you. <laughs> there will be things that happen in this game you are not intending, and you have to be fucking aware of that if you want to get in early. And listen, I'm not talking about the snake oil salesman of selling the fake bill of goods for eighty dollars here. And that everybody should know this going in. Obviously, they have a fucking issue on their hands. But because we only have so much time, we're about to launch into all these things we've liked about this game. And we're talking about this game based on what we've experienced and in a year's time, what someone else may experience. These these conversations we have are not in the minute. It's a little more so because we're playing this game in real time. Yeah. And obviously, you don't want to get to the end of it and being like, oh, top five game of all time. You want to leave some time behind it. But the groundwork they have set here, if they are to build on it, and we do believe the guys who made Witcher 3, which was also a tire fire when it came out, yes. will improve this game over time. Yes. <laughs> uh, there, There's trust at least in that. But when CD Projekt Red announces their next project, maybe we fucking all remember this happening and temper our expectations a little bit. And that trust is lost in CD Projekt Red, in my opinion. Uh, so shame on them. for, And they know what they did. But let's talk about this fucking game they've made, Reed, because it's phenomenal. Yes, because it's goddamn <laughs> great. So I think we briefly talked about the intro that we both had uh, last episode, so I don't think we need to get into that again. Like I right. said earlier this episode, I am past the 30-hour mark, I believe, while you are now behind me. I'm level 10 with around 9 street cred. I have uh, gone through the intro, obviously, uh, through the, the late title card. I have advanced the quests on the other side. I've been doing some side stuff, and then I have focused on the... Uh, spoilers from here on out for the for the first I guess yeah. eight let's say eight hours of the game, uh, doing the quest with Judy where I'm looking for Evelyn Parker as she is one of the people that can lead me to the creator of the Engram chip in my neck that's killing me. Yeah, uh, fuck man. Um, there's so much to get into about this game. So yeah, so I, I let's I mean let's take it back. Uh, the game opens with you doing a couple of jobs. Uh, one of its which uh, that we both I mean it's you know it's the quest that everybody has to do at the start of the game so sure they made it seem a little more cool uh, but the maelstrom mission where you oh, are basically yes, one of the the two things you need to do leading up to this heist uh, for uh, Dex Deshawn I believe is his name yeah uh, is we need to we need to get this robot back from these maelstrom uh, mercs and they have stolen the robot so basically you the plan no they haven't stolen is you're the gonna robot. walk into you, Dex was always going to yeah. buy the robot off the former leader maelstrom Brick. However, yes. Brick was overthrown of his rule slash presumed to be murdered by a secondhand Royce. Royce is much more of an aggressive piece of shit and is refusing to honor the deal since Dex has already paid for it. Yes, Royce is also our uh, thumbnail. Yes, yes, of the yes, episode. yes, yeah. he is. Um, so you have the choice here. When you have this quest, you can either meet up with uh, Meredith Banks, who was a member of Militech, who owned the flat, who have created the Flathead, I believe. Um, 
You can either go to her and she can provide you with a chip that you can use to pay for the flathead. This chip will either be encrypted or not with a virus depending on what you do. And then you can make the deal with Maelstrom. Essentially, you need the flathead. You can either get Militech's help or not to achieve your goal. So the very interesting thing about this quest, more so than all of that though, is um, all the different outcomes and especially later outcomes that can come of this. At the warehouse where I work, um, there's three other guys that are playing Cyberpunk besides you and me right now. All three guys have gotten different outcomes because of this quest than you or me. You might have the same outcome as one of them, but all three of them had different ones than me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, when you go to... Yeah, I'm not remembering the exact details of the quest, but you meet up with Meredith Banks. You can either convince her to, like, first of all, not shoot you in the fucking face, and uh, basically provide you with the funds necessary to pay for the deal, and then she can come in and clean up. Now, this is the interesting part. There's a virus on the card. If you have a high enough technical skill, you can decrypt the card and remove the virus, or you can leave it on. Once you go to Maelstrom with Jackie to complete the deal with the Flathead, um, you go in there. First of all, you meet a guy named Dum Dum. I love the look of Maelstrom. I think it's so fucking cool and eerie. Um, yeah, yeah, they all have like like robotic optics and like basically like metal skulls almost. Like they're so like heavy cyber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget how Jackie described him, but, like, he's like, some guys love drugs, these guys love chrome. Like, like they're all in on uh, on the cybernetic enhancements. They all look very creepy and eerie. So yeah. I'm only going to speak for my personal experience with this quest, and then I'll briefly speak on what happened to the other three guys so we can get a basic understanding of how the quest, how any quest operates in cyberpunk. Um so I met with Meredith, and I convinced her to give me chips, to, or eddies, sorry, that's the, that's the currency there, to pay for the flathead. I decrypted the virus off of it and went to Royce. Royce had a gun to my face, and I sprang a gun to his face. I informed him that Militech was on his ass and that I took the virus off the card. He then accepted my payment and gave me the flathead when Militech attacked. And then I teamed up with Maelstrom to defend ourselves against Militech where I exited the building. When I exited the building, Meredith's former hostage walked up. He was a male. And he said, thank you. Uh, Meredith went behind Militech's back. She's now taken care of. You won't see her again. Have a great day. So what happened with yeah. yours? Mine was almost exactly the same way. <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, I played... I played the whole interaction with Meredith a little cooler because I'm Corpo with a high cool stat, so I had some checks there where, like... Like, there was never, like, she knew I, I knew shit and could get this done for her kind of thing. Yeah. And that applies to, uh, so the thing with being Corpo is you work for Arasaka at the start of the game. Oh. Uh, so it gives you a different perspective on what we're about to talk about um, in that you worked for this corporation. So you know a little bit about what's going on. So you know how it sort of operates. But the corporation is so large that, like, your story at the start of the game has nothing to do with what, what takes place on, on the major scale here. Yeah. But it also means your character has that back... You have that tie to this... You work for this business that Johnny Silverhand tried to destroy all those years ago. And, like, you have this in, which was always super neat. But, yeah, my, my quest basically went went the same way uh, for the most part. I thought it was a fucking excellent open quest. Yes. Cool uh, twist. 
Man, like some people are, are disagreeing with the dialogue in this game, and if you pay attention to the localization, they drop pronouns almost all the time. So someone would be like, I don't think that's a good idea. There'll be there'll be a pause and it'll be like, don't think that's a good idea. And when the line is read, it comes off like I've gotten used to it because everybody in the game fucking speaks this way. Um But there there it's it's hard to say if this is an intentional cyberpunk choice. Or no, that's not. What I, that's what but, I've always thought. I don't think the dialogue is yeah. particularly weird, I guess. But, like, it's definitely, like, uh, like, you ever seen Altered Carbon? The show called Alt- Altered Carbon on Netflix? No. Well, it's just a cyberpunk <laughs> show. It's just a cyberpunk show, and everybody talks yeah. similar in that. Like, it's, I've always interpreted it as, like, yeah, this is, like a like, a cyberpunk, like, not, like, a cheesy movie, but, like, like, movie quality level uh and like a little bit of noir there uh like it's not meant to be like a realistic take on cyberpunk this is right it's a choice yeah this it's, is it, like this is yeah. sti- it's stylistically created to be this way um <laughs> but like when you yeah when you hear keanu reeves speak because we we've heard keanu reeves speak before yes and like that dialogue coming out of him it, that's where it seems most intentional and it seems less of a translate because like like there was three English localizers on this. The entire script is in fucking Polish or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, and including all the dialogue, but the performances, even though the dialogue might seem a little stilted at first, I've gotten used to it. And like I get into the characters. Like when you, whenever you're in one of these tense moments, it's you really realize like oh I'm like gritting my teeth. Like do I have to do I have to fucking pull my gun out and start blasting these right. fools like, or like can we figure this out like, right this is it's like it's like the kind of it's kind of the it's the kind of dialogue I would expect out of a really high quality cyberpunk heist action adventure movie like that's the kind of stuff that it is so, so in fallout usually there's like a text option that's just like attack so it'll be like this guy's talking shit and eventually you're like fuck you let's throw down and then you like the weird zoom happens where like it zooms out of talking to the person and you see their facial expression turn into an angry facial you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah it's in every bethesda game and this goes so seamlessly i feel from talking to characters even the fact that you can walk around a room and like fuck around while people are yelling dialogue at you yeah it further immerses me in the storytelling, which is my favorite part of this game, oh, is that the writing's I'm living in this world versus more so than like a GTA. And I mentioned this. Uh, there's a mission where you just meet Jackie. He's just on his motorcycle. You pull up in a car and talk to him. And I'm like, why am I so enthralled in a thing that starts every single GTA 5 mission? This is how every mission in GTA begins. And I've th- this stands out to me. The way the music is, the tense, oh, like, we got man. a big job. We're leading up to it. Man, man, it, it fucking works. If we want to talk about that really quickly. So when Jackie pulls up on the, on the bike, I got such a, such a high technical skill, right? Like, I'm really good at yeah. engineering and crafting and stuff. So he pulls up on the bike, and since I have a 10 uh, score stat on that, I'm like, hey, you should remove the exhaust, uh, you know, put up some power cycles over here, do this, do that. And Jackie's like, huh, I might think about that. Sure enough, later in the game, if you go to Jackie's garage and inspect the bike, you'll have a dialogue option that says, huh, Jackie took my advice and installed all these things I told him to do. Yeah. Great. It's fucking great. Um, in regards to that... If mail- the game remembers it. Of course, that's another problem with the glitches, yeah. is that the game will forget your choices. Yes. That's a problem. <laughs> uh, so along with that Meredith quest as well, if I can quickly go over the other three guys. So I have one guy that didn't decrypt the chip when he gave it to Maelstrom to make the deal... It instead blew up all their fucking heads and then they did not oh. need to fight their way out where they met Meredith and then later in the game they got to bang Meredith. Hey, alright. 
Yeah, like I was like everybody in the office was so pissed. We're like, what? Um, like another guy uh, decrypted the chip, um, didn't give it to him. Meredith did die, and they still completed the deal, but had to fight Maelstrom on the way out because they shot Royce. Then another guy did decrypt the chip, but still ended up with Meredith at the end. It was like, it's fucking crazy. Um, and that's what I love about these kinds of games, is the slight different variances. It, I'm alright if it mostly ends up the same, but yeah. giving a little extra, like, banging Meredith. Like, it, like it'd be like, hey, hey Meredith. Seth, like, <laughs> sex. But it's it's all, honestly, like, extra story and extra moments you get if you just do a slightly different ending. Uh, so that's pretty fucking neat, in my opinion. Yeah, man. Uh, so the other thing that the game introduces to you two at the beginning is the idea of the brain dance. You basically put this halo on your head and you are experiencing a, a video that's recorded with like 3D cameras, but is very lifelike. And you are experiencing as well as the visuals and sound and stuff of what's going on around you. You're experiencing the feelings. Uh, so a lot of sickos. Uh, like looking at brain dances of uh, as as it's called smut or or stuff like that or like snuff or like guys uh, of dying walk up in and, in a virtual yeah. world like oh people pay good money for a flatline like a real flatline someone dies in this and they weren't expecting it and basically when you watch that brain dance you're experiencing full death <laughs> <laughs> that was the payoff uh, for that whole thing wasn't it yeah so Evelyn Parker is a doll uh, she is a mostly cybernetic. Like, for lack of a better word, a whore? But not. <laughs> so, but that's what you think until you go there and you're like, oh, they're not even having sex? And, well, you know, Maybe. to each their own. <laughs> uh, so she she is the mistress of uh, the one of the sons, CEOs of Arasaka. Yorinobu, and, Yorinobu Sakurabe, yes. I think? No, Arasaka. Arasaka. Their last name oh, is the name of the company. Oh, it's Arasaka, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you... Yorosaki is the, the bodyguard, isn't he? Mate. Uh, no, I'm thinking of Takamura. <laughs> so, <laughs> Aren't those we're talking about uh, Adam Smasher where is, he's is, like, oh, is, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, banging, banging <laughs> Evelyn on the side here. Evelyn has been hired by someone you don't know who, uh, and she is now uh, contacted Dex, who is a fixer, and Dex has now hired you and Jackie to do this job, steal this chip, and you don't know the, the origins of it or what it is. Uh, your Nobu's got it. So they teach you how to use brain dances, and then they show you a raw brain dance that Evelyn recorded. And, uh, and it's basically, it, yeah. Sorry, if I may just interject. I thought this one, this was one of the most interesting parts of the game thus far. I love this entire sequence, starting with meeting Dex and Evelyn, and leading all the way to the end of Act One. the The brain dance in my mind was super effective, but if I want, no pun intended. Out, yeah. If I want to point out one specific moment, it'd be the very beginning when you're walking past Adam Smasher. Um, yeah. Who has, like, up until this point, you've heard his name a few times by Jackie, who calls him a legend and all these things. Yes. And it's just this big, massive robot man, and he's just like, you look like a piece of fuck meat. Is that true? And walks away. It was fucking awesome. Because yeah, it reminds and- me of specific other characters. Robocop. <laughs> Not Robocop. Sure. Uh, so yeah, v, I, v even makes a, a comment that Evelyn experienced, like, real fear when she opened the elevator doors and saw that guy standing there. Yeah. Um, I had a specific example in my mind, and now it's gone. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. No, it's all uh, good. So you use the brain dance. You can uh, listen to the visual layers, the audio, and the temperature of the room. You find out where this thing is located. You also are looking at a room. I also like any game that does this. And I had an issue. We're not going to be able to talk about this today because our show's wrapping up here already. 
but I had, I like any game that lets you see ahead, see a room, and you're like, in an hour's time, I'm going to be in that room trying to, like, do something. Right now, I can't interact with it, but I will be able to. I like yeah. when games do that. It uh, makes them feel large. Th- this game, on the whole, the map and the way the city is laid out, I'm drawing a direct comparison to something like Grand Theft Auto Vice City, where everything's so cohesive. Yes, some of the ads repeat. Yes, y- you know, it- it's got a lot of dildos, let's be honest. Uh, but just the the playground of it, the driving around and realizing, oh, I actually know where I am. I know where my apartment is from here, is something that very few open world games can achieve because you're just looking at the map and going from, from peg to peg. Night City feels like a city that I'll eventually know. And if it's like, oh, I need to go to Japantown, I'll know how to fucking get there without looking at a map, to me, uh, speaks for the design of it. Um, oh, Night City uh, is, um, it's absolutely fucking gorgeous and uh, an absolute joy to traverse because, specific- specifically, I would say the verticality of it. Yes. Not many open yeah. world games have multiple levels to their streets, to their cities. Um, it's It's... It's absolutely amazing how lost you can get in this game in a good way. That's actually one of my negatives about the game is that for a lot of the quests you do later for a specific person, which has a lot to do with the nomad side, by the way, um, you go outside of the city to deal with them. And I think the game does itself a big disservice whenever it leaves Night City. The... Like, Night City is so cool, it's big, it's colorful, it gives you the immersive feeling. When you're outside the city, it feels more like Rage or Borderlands or anything yeah, of that Max. sort. Yeah, Mad Max. Uh, so you're I almost think... saying this game's got it all. Like, like the the references to all cyberpunk mediums, when you're, sh- like, spoilers, uh, we didn't even get to this part of the mission. Next, next episode, we're going to really talk about the story and bear down. Uh, but, like, when you shoot yourself out of Arasaka Tower, how fucking Matrix is it? Like, it's, it's, it's oh, like, you're just, like, how fucking cool the, is this shit? The whole Arasaka um, heist in general, I love the, the feeling of it. It had a bit of levity to it. It was, like, this action-adventure heist. But the whole setting of it, especially because I love how they're focusing on Japanese because it has such an ingrained culture with cyberpunk. It gave me a, yeah, it gave me a lot reason. of like yeah. ghost in the shell feelings. Not as far as the not as far as the mood, but just the aesthetic. I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, can't say enough good enough parts about this whole tower heist at Arosaka. For sure. So we meant to talk about the game more. Obviously, we're doing a moratorium on the the problems with the game. We can talk about the updates and kind of where things are at, but we're gonna kind of just refer back to part two of our cyberpunk conversation. For hey, at the beginning of that conversation. We talk about how, like, severely broken this game is and how much work it needs. But next week, Wednesday, uh, we're getting down to it. Again, we, we're way further uh, than what we talked about. Like, I'm curious to even ask you what you did in your Clouds mission. Because I think that's a mission that has a lot of different things going on yeah. uh, when you're looking for Evelyn. Uh, so we're going to kind of wrap it up there because we are out of time, unfortunately. At TitsIceberg is us on Twitter. LeahTitsTheIceberg.com is uh, the email address. Uh, questions, topics, whatever you want. Anywhere you see this posted, if it's interesting enough, we'll talk about it on the show. Thank you, as always, for listening. We have a uh, public a bleh, public beta co- podcast Pokemon Mega episode, our, like, 11 or 12 uh, oh, yeah. part conversation on that. That will be live on Christmas Day oh, under the tree. Hell yeah. Santa's dropping what it off. What a present. Uh, however long that conversation is, look for that. Otherwise, Sultans of Slam on the weekend where I'm talking about AEW who has some serious momentum going right now. Reed, let's jack back into Cyberpunk. Let's meet up again next week and let's make sure we give it enough time to talk about these stories. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't even talk about our stats, all that stuff. Yeah, none of the builds. Uh, it, was, it was too big of an episode of complaining. So thank you for listening. Back again next week to talk more about it.